Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon. Welcome to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Here with you today taking your calls and texts live on the air. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life. We'd love to talk with you and pray for you and hopefully answer some of those questions. We want to welcome those of you who are listening here in Colorado and Wyoming on Grace FM, as well as those who are tuning in on our sister stations on the East Coast on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, and Maryland, as well as those tuning in on Truth FM in Tennessee and parts of North Carolina and Kentucky. It's amazing to see how God is using this show and, and how the word is spreading about it and it's uh, gaining steam all around the country. We also know that there are many people who listen online. I was just talking to someone today who lives uh, outside of our listening range and they listen online on our app. And so, hey, if you don't have that app yet, I really encourage you to get it and maybe share it with some other people. Uh, more and more people listening to radio programs like this one uh, over the internet, on apps, websites, and in their cars over satellite radio and things like that. So you can uh, share that with people and get that app for yourself. Just go into your app store and download the Grace FM app just by typing in the word Grace FM. It's one word, Grace FM, into the search engine on your app store and it will come right up and you can put that on your device and you can listen wherever you are in the country or even around the world and that is a great way for you to listen to this show and all the other shows here on Grace FM Live. And we also want to tell you that you can listen on your browser. So you can, if you're on your laptop or desktop computer, you know, you can just go in your browser and type in gracefm.com. And in there, you can click the button on the front page that says Listen Live. And that way you can tune in right there. So however you've tuned in today, we're so glad that you're with us. Again, this is the show where you can call in with questions about the Bible or things going on in your life. If you have a question or a prayer request, we'd love to hear from you. We'd love to pray for you and hopefully answer some of the questions that you have. Here's the number to call. It's 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Or you can text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the call-in number is 303-690-3000. That's once again 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, 720-336-0897. Here at the beginning of the show is also a really good time to get on the air if you've been wanting to call. I know there's so many people who tune in, uh, even daily. Uh, I've been meeting some of you at our church. We've had so many visitors who have come um, having listened to this program and they say, you know, I've been listening for a really long time. Hey, if you are a long-time listener, we'd love to hear from you. You know, just give us a call. Maybe there's something that you need prayer for. Maybe there's something that has come up in your Bible reading that you have a question about. We'd love to chat with you and pray for you and uh, answer those questions. So do give us a call. So a few words about myself. My name is Pastor Nick Cady. I'm the pastor of Whitefields Community Church, which is located in Longmont, Colorado. 
And uh, hey, if you are in the Longmont area, I'd love to have you come and join us for one of our services. Come worship with us at Whitefields. Or if you know somebody in this area, send them our way because God's doing a great thing at Whitefields. It's an exciting time in our church's history, and we would love for you to be part of it. We'd love for you to send people our way. Uh, we believe that God's building something really great here in Whitefields, and it's, uh, it's exciting for me and my family to be a part of it, and I know that that would probably be true for many of you as well. For those of you familiar with Longmont, our church meets right downtown. So we are one block west of Main Street on Kaufman and Longs Peak. We're right on the northwest corner of Longs Peak Avenue and Kaufman Street, which is the St. Vrain Memorial Building. It is located at 700 Longs Peak Avenue, and it is right on the edge of Roosevelt Park, which is the city park here in Longmont. And we're just to the south of the downtown park and ride. Uh, there's plenty of parking around us, and we would love to have you. We have a great children's ministry, um, and we have a great worship ministry on Sunday mornings as well as throughout the week. One one cool thing that's going on right now, um, tonight we are starting our School of Ministry summer semester. So uh, right now we're running two classes. They're five to six weeks each, and tonight uh, is our Christ and Culture class. So tonight, and these are open to anybody, and they're totally cost-free. So if you're out there and you're, uh, that's something that would be of interest to you, the class starts in three hours for that one. And our other class is on Wednesday nights, and these are at our church office. So the Wednesday night class is called Reason to Believe. And uh, the Reason to Believe class is a introduction to apologetics. And so it's actually a, um, it's a 12-week class that's split up into two parts, and we go through a lot of really uh, important topics, how to defend the faith, how to answer difficult questions about Christianity and the Bible, a lot of the stuff that we talk about here on Calvary Live. And so it's a training. Our, our desire with the School of Ministry is to equip believers for the work of the ministry. We believe that's what the church as a whole is called to do. And so we seek to do that through our School of Ministry. And so we're doing these five, six-week uh, semesters this summer, uh, the class tonight is one that I'm teaching. It's called Christ and Culture, and uh, we look at five different ways that Christians have traditionally approached culture, and we kind of weigh those as well as we look at biblically how the people of Israel, starting with the people of Israel, how um, God's what God's models were for cultural engagement throughout the Bible, and how that applies to us today. And so we'd love to have you for that. If you are um, within driving distance of Longmont and you would like to be part of those classes, they're free. And the uh, first one starts tonight at 7 p.m. in our church office. The address for our church office is on our website, but I'll give it to you now, too. It's 1430 Nelson Road in Longmont. So 1430 Nelson Road in Longmont. And uh, our website where you can find the office address um, which is different than our Sunday meeting address, by the way, just in case you do go on the website and notice that. But um, you can go on there, and our our um, address for our website is whitefieldschurch.com. So it's whitefieldschurch.com. You can find our office address as well as our Sunday meeting address. And we'd love to have you. Join us on Sunday morning at 10 a.m. for Worship in the Word this coming Sunday. Uh, well, this past Sunday, we just finished our big series that we did. It was a nine-week series um, that was based off of a lot of research that we did as well as research that we got from other places, and it was called I Could Never Believe in a God Who. And so all those messages are up online now, and they're available for you. And just over the past 
couple days, including today, just within the last half hour even, I've gotten several messages from people who said, hey, I've been listening to the series and I'm just really blessed by it and it's been very helpful. So maybe there are some of you out there. Um, what we did in the series is that we, we took some of the biggest things, that uh, some of the biggest, I guess you could say, obstacles to, to embracing Christianity that people encounter today and we addressed those directly and we said, okay, Let's let's talk about this. So this past Sunday, we talked about homosexuality and sexuality in general and what the Bible has to say about it. Our title was, I Could Never Believe in a God Who Does Not Affirm Some People's Sexuality. Uh, we looked at Matthew chapter 19, verses 1 through 12, went through that section verse by verse, but really with an eye towards this topic of sexuality and what does the Bible say about homosexuality, etc., etc., and so our next series is going to be one in First Thessalonians, which is going to be called Upside Down. And yes, that is a reference to Stranger Things a little bit because I'm a fan, but it's also a reference to the fact that Acts 17 describes when the Christians came to Corinth, the, or sorry, when the Christians came to Thessalonica on, the, on Paul's second missionary journey, that was what the people of Thessalonica said. They said, those who have turned the world upside down have now come here also. And so our series is going to be First Thessalonians, verse by verse, chapter by chapter, called Upside Down, and that's going to be starting um, up right after this last series has finished. Uh, also, this coming Sunday on the on the topic of, or this coming weekend on the topic of that series, I could never believe in a God who we are going to be at Rhythm on the River, which is this coming Friday and Saturday here in Longmont, which is the big biggest festival here in town. It's a music festival and a running festival. And things like that. So it's going to be at Rogers Grove Park in downtown, well, just just uh, west of downtown Longmont. And uh, we will be there with a booth. And we're actually going to be handing out pen drives with that series on them, preloaded on them. And uh, it's something we've done in the past. It's a great outreach um, for us to, you know, say, hey, here here is just a list of sermons that deal with some of the hottest topics that people are talking about culturally today and what the Bible has to say about them. And our desire is that you wouldn't only listen to them, but that you would take that pen drive and you would give it to somebody else who might be interested. And so that's an outreach we've done in the past. We're going to be doing it this Sunday, or this, I'm sorry, this Friday and Saturday at Rhythm on the River Festival here in Longmont. So, Either join us, come visit our booth, come say hi to us, get pick up one of those pen drives. Or if you're not able to come to the festival, we'd love it if you would pray for us and pray for our outreach this Friday and Saturday. Grace FM and the producer, uh, Kevin, is going to be there with us. And we are going to be um, there handing out Grace FM t-shirts and all kinds of free stuff as well as those um, sermon series and stuff from our, our church as well. So we'd love to meet you out there at Rhythm on the River. We have all open, all full lines right now. So let's start uh, by going to Blanca in Longmont, Colorado. Hi, Blanca. Welcome to the program. Hi. Um, I had called in for a prayer request. Okay. For my sister, Linda. Okay. Um, she's going through some cancer treatments. She has stage four cancer. Okay. And um, so she's yeah. in real need of um, some prayers because she's going through a lot of um, anxiety, a lot of depression, as okay. well as other things that come with the cancer. Yeah. Yeah, I imagine. Blanca, could I ask, is she here in Longmont? Yes. Yeah, because I know there's a big cancer, there's a big cancer center here in Longmont. Um, hey, you know what? I'm going to tell you, I'm going to pray for your sister. But after we get off the line, I'd like it if you would um, 
maybe give your info to the um, the producer, and then maybe okay. we can send somebody from our church over to pray for your sister at the hospital. But let's pray for her okay. on the air as well. So, Heavenly Father, I pray for Blanca. I pray for her sister, Linda, Lord, in this cancer that she's battling. Lord, I pray that the treatments would be effective. Um, I know that stage four is pretty advanced, but Lord, I know that nothing is too big for you. Nothing's too difficult for you. You created our bodies and you can fix them as well. So Lord, I pray for Linda, Lord, for healing. I pray for comfort. Um, Lord, I pray that you'd be with her and that you calm her anxiety or that she would sense your presence with her and that fear and anxiety would be removed and replaced with trust and faith in her heart. I know it's one thing for us to say that, but Lord, I know that you can do that by your presence with her. Uh, Lord, I pray you surround her with people who love her and care for her in Jesus' name and act as your hands and feet. And I pray that you would bless the doctors and that, um, Lord, that you would just be in that place. And whatever happens, Lord, you would be glorified. And I pray that truly uh, Linda would draw near to you in this time, that you would use even this something as bad as cancer for good in her life and for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 God bless you, Thank Blanca. Thank you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air. We have one open line after that. The number to call is 303-690-3000. It's 303-690-3000. Let's go to Mark in Aurora, Colorado. Hi, Mark. Welcome to the program. Hi. Um, got a quick question. I, I was... Uh, talking with a good friend of mine, and we uh, were discussing um, what is the definition of the gospel. And I'd like to hear, first of all, you to provide that for us right now, if you could. Yeah. So uh, this is something I think is a good thing for us to clarify. What is the gospel and what is not? Um, I had, I'll just say this before I go on. I saw somebody uh, that I know post online pastor asked people in his church to define this uh, themselves, and it really surprised me how few of them could actually define what the gospel is. So I'll be really clear about what the gospel is. The gospel is good news. It is a proclamation. See, that's a word, what the word gospel means in its historical you know, way of the way that the u word was used originally. Uh, it is a proclamation of something that has happened that changes everything. So it is not something that you need to do. It is not good advice. The gospel itself is that Jesus Christ died, resurrected, and, uh, and because of his death and resurrection, we are justified and we have hope for redemption. Okay, and, and I definitely would agree with that. Um, but we, we came across something else. In the New Testament, the word gospel is used quite a bit, and I, I'm driving, so I don't have my Bible open right now, but um, Jesus told his disciples to go out and preach the gospel, right? Well, he hasn't died yet. Mm -hmm. So, the, you know, there must oh, be two great different point. definitions of the gospel then. Yeah, well, if I would, um, I actually wrote something about this on my, on my blog recently. It is not really that there are two different uh, definitions. What it is is that uh, the gospel was an announcement of a king, and, a, and a, it was a political statement. I'm looking up what I wrote on here because I think it's really interesting. Um, it was about the gospel of Caesar Augustus. It's a really interesting thing that I came across. Um, 
in my studies, my seminary studies, because we've, we've heard of the gospel of Jesus Christ, but there's actually something which predated Jesus, which was called the gospel of Caesar Augustus. And the reason why it was called the gospel is because, again, gospel was a political term. And so it was, uh, again, it's still the idea of news that brings great joy. But in the Roman Empire, Greco-Roman Empire, from the time of Alexander the Great on into the Roman Empire, this word was used to refer to a history-making, world-shaping report of political, military, or, social, or societal victory. And so um, I'll give you a couple examples of this. Um, for example, in the Battle of Marathon, which was in Greece, it was in 490 BC, so that's almost 500 years before Jesus. And it says that uh, when Greece defeated Persia, after the battle, Greece sent heralds to take the evangelion, which is the Greek word for gospel, the proclamation of good news, into every town and village in the country and tell the people what had happened, declare to them that they were free. And so those were evangelists, right? They're people who preached the gospel or heralded the gospel. Um, another example of this is found with the gospel of Caesar Augustus. There's an inscription uh, found in modern-day Turkey, which says this. This is the gospel. The, the birthday of Augustus has been for the whole world the beginning of the gospel concerning him, or the good news concerning him. So I, I say all that to say this. What is the gospel of Jesus Christ? Well, in one way, it is, to speak very simply, it is the good news that a king has come, and the king who was promised from the Old Testament times. And I think that's really important because it ties the idea of the gospel into the Old Testament as we should, right? Because the Bible is one story about this coming king. And so the gospel is just the good news of the arrival of the king. Now, as Jesus dies, that gospel doesn't become a different gospel. It just gets more filled in. Not only has the king come who was promised to come, but he has done everything that was promised about him that he would do, including uh, our redemption through his death and resurrection. Okay. Um, so, so when Jesus actually said to his disciples to go out and preach the gospel, so his The gospel meaning, was the king has come. The king has come. Okay. All right. That 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 makes sense then. And uh, um, there's uh, there's an article I wrote on this, which outlines this in, of course, better detail than I can give in just this very short amount of time. But um, I think you would find it really interesting. And so again, if you want to, there's a couple ways you can do it. You can text your email address to uh, the text line that I I read out over the air, or you could just stay on the air and the the producer will get your email address and I'll email it to you. But Great. the but for anybody listening who's interested in this topic or this article, I'll just tell them how to find it. Go to my blog. It's nickkady.org, N-I-C-K-C-A-D-Y.org, and type in the Gospel of Caesar Augustus, and that'll bring up the article. I wrote it in January of this year, but I outline all this stuff pretty clearly. So, Great. Thank you. Awesome, Mark. God bless you. All right. Bye-bye. Thank you. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts over the air. Um, let's go to Alan in Broomfield, Colorado. Hi, Alan. Welcome to the program. Yeah, so I, I'd heard you talk a few weeks back about 
touch briefly on the role of hospitality, uh, Christian hospitality, and it, what, what it should be in our lives. And I know you mentioned a book that I'm, I'm a big fan of, and I wanted to hear you expound a little more of on, on Christian hospitality and what you think the role should be. I'm kind of curious what you have to say, since I know you've read the same book. Yeah, just for our listeners who might not be sure of the book, the book yeah, that uh, I had referenced was a book called The Gospel Comes with a House Key, and it's by Rosaria Butterfield. Um, her name's Rosaria Champagne Butterfield because she was actually very well known before she got married, and her life changed a lot. She was a tenured professor at uh, Syracuse University in New York at, by her maiden name, and she was a professor of... Um, I forget what exactly, I think it was literature, but she was very much focused on LGBT studies because she herself was a, a practicing lesbian. And then through the hospitality of some people in her neighborhood whom she actually befriended because she wanted to write something negative about, um, about Christian men, she uh, ends up you know, wanting to do research on this couple. So she does this kind of clandestine thing where she befriends this pastor who lives in the same neighborhood she does. And she starts getting invited over to their house, even though, of course, they know that she's lesbian. And they just were so kind to her. And she, they, they disarmed her with their kindness and hospitality to the point where she began to listen to the things that, that they had to say about Jesus. And she came to the point where through that, she understood the gospel for the first time clearly. And she came to a point where she said, I want this Jesus that they're talking about. And if it requires me forsaking my lesbian lifestyle, then I'll do that. And I, I thought it was really interesting because she said, you know, she really liked being a lesbian. I think she makes that point several times. Like, I really liked being a lesbian. I didn't really want to quit, but I wanted Jesus more. And I think that that is a tremendous testament to the gospel and the beauty of the gospel. And it's a tremendous testament to, uh, yeah, thank you. The producer just wrote me. She was a English and women's studies professor at Syracuse University. And so um, I just think it's a huge testament to the power of hospitality. And she writes this book and she had some incredible things to say, which uh, very much have shaped my views. So it's hard for me to really talk about my views on Christian hospitality without talking about hers. <laughs> um, of course. I thought that her points were really good. They're very biblical. And one of the things she says is that if you read the Bible and read the words of Jesus, you'll notice that um, Christian hospitality is, in a way, ground zero of the Christian life. And she points out a passage in Matthew chapter 25. Do you remember the passage where Jesus says, you know, I was imprisoned and you visited me. I was uh, naked and you clothed me. I was thirsty and you gave me water to drink. And he says that that is, in a way, the litmus test of if a person's truly a Christian. And, um, and then he goes on the other side, and he's talking about people who aren't Christians, and that was a marker of them, that they were not marked by that. And then, of course, there's Mark 10, where Jesus is talking to his disciples. Uh, it's the story of the rich young ruler, and that, you know, the, the rich young ruler was unwilling to give up the things that he loved materially in order to follow Jesus. And his disciples turn to him and say, but hey, Jesus, what about us? Because we have given up everything to follow you. And Jesus says to those guys, he says, I tell you the truth, no one who has given up all these things in order to follow me, you will receive them back tenfold and you will receive eternal life. And, um, and 
they were all relational things, right? They're like, you will receive fathers, mothers, houses, homes, etc. And I, I think that that just points yeah. to the fact that the gospel should create community. And that means that we as Christians are called to be hospitable. One of the things, too, that impressed me about her story that you alluded to, but I'll make the point that relates to exactly what you said, which is that she lost everything. She lost her job. She lo- she became the enemy to all of her friends. She didn't just lose her friends. She became the enemy to all of her friends. Yeah. Um, as she said, she walked away with her truck and her dog. Oh, wow. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> and, uh, you know, we think of Muslims and various other people losing everything. But here's a woman who, whose, whose testimony of her life said that Jesus is worth more to me than all of these things that I counted of value. And, and the other thing she, that I think was a good point, uh, pardon me for, for making, I ask you your views, and I'm going to offer something else if you don't mind, Go ahead. Um, uh, is, is that she said one of the hallmarks that she felt was strong about the lesbian community was how, how hospitable they were to each other, how welcoming they were to people. And she doesn't see that among Christians. And I think that's part of her mission, and since you've mentioned that your, her mission is kind of yours, you know, is to bring that same level of acceptance and hospitality to people that maybe you don't even agree with. Yeah. You know, to, 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 to love on them, especially the ones that are hard to love. And as she mentioned, um, one of the guys was really criticizing her while drinking the last bit of coffee out of her coffee pot. In her That's story. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's um, an I mean, excellent this, book. It's and... such an example. And, you know, I have I've, 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 myself I've tried a few things, and I've done some small things and moved in directions like this. But, you know, I, I feel the call to do so much more. And, I, and I, I, I suspect from what you've said, you do as well. And yes, you feel absolutely. the same for your church. Absolutely. In fact, what we did at our church, we made that book available at a discounted price for everybody. We bought a book, like order of them, made them dis- uh, available at a discounted price. We've run out, just in case anybody's wondering. But, uh, but yeah, because we wanted our church to read that. We wanted our church to get that vision for their communities and to see how, you know, one of the greatest forms of evangelism is befriending your neighbors and creating a space where you can invite people over who are different than you and, uh, and live out your faith in a way that um, touches them and affects them. You know, I think that's incredibly powerful. So, um, I'm trying to engage some of my neighbors with, I've given copies to my neighbors who are Christians, mm-hmm. and trying to create the, some similar thing was, she did prayer walks through her neighborhood and just kind of gathered them. It had an entourage that went through her neighborhood praying for people. Yeah. And I, I mean, I love the fact, one of the things she talked about was how she did this thing where she would just always have people in her home to the point where when there was a crisis, when there was a problem, her house was the gathering place. And I, you probably, of course she read it. So, you know, the story, she says at one point there's this huge snowstorm and all of her neighbors, um, they invited everybody over. And her husband, who's a pastor, they weren't even able to have church because of the big snow. So they had church in their house uh, with all these neighbors, many of whom were not even Christians at all. And maybe it was the first time they'd ever been exposed to that kind of thing before. And that was only possible after years of investment in, into her neighbors and, and loving them. Yes, yes. Yeah, I don't know how far you want to go on this, obviously, but I, I, well, I've got one minute I, I, left before a break. Okay, okay. Well, th- 
Please continue then. I, I just was trying to... Well, well, okay. I do have one more thing that I wanted to say, and then I'm going to have to let you go. Uh, I read a great tweet from Rebecca McLaughlin, who is also a great author and wrote a great book, um, a, a very similar uh, story, background uh, to the other lady we talked about, um, Rosaria Butterfield. But here's what she said on Twitter today. She said, it's so easy for us to club together with people like us, whatever that means. Yeah. And it will always take intentional work to turn toward people who are not like us. But there are rich blessings in Christ to be had when we do. And I think that that's, that's, a, that's great. And we see the heart of Jesus in that. So. No, I certainly, I certainly agree. And, and like I said, I've been trying to do this some of, some of my neighbors and also uh, providing food for homeless people face-to-face. You know, face-to-face awesome. is, is what, what matters, not not giving money or whatever in this respect. Of course, money's good. That's not bad. I've got to let you go because we've come up on our two-minute break. Thanks for calling. God bless you. Hey, we've got all open lines. Give us a call, and we'll get you on right after the break. 303-690-3000. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Good afternoon and welcome back to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. This is the show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or about anything going on in your life that you would like to talk about or receive prayer for. We'd love to pray for you and answer those questions and talk with you. Give us a call. The number is 303-690-3000. It's 303 303- Six nine zero three thousand, or text us at seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Once again, that text line is seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. Let's go to Yolanda calling from Colorado. Hi, Yolanda. Welcome back to the program. Yolanda. Hi. How are you? Doing well. What's up? Okay, I wanted to set a prayer for my mother-in-law. Her name, hello? I'm here. Oh. Um, Go ahead. She's, her name is Mary Tafoya, and she's, she got colon cancer when, in 2013. Mm-hmm. Okay. And now she's fighting lung cancer. Oh, and I just wanted to uh, put out a prayer from her. She's a sweet lady. Yeah. And hopefully things will turn out. That's awesome. <laughs> That's awesome that you love your mother-in-law. That's yes. great to hear. Okay, let's pray for her. Heavenly Father, yes. we pray for Mary and uh, Yolanda's mother-in-law. Lord, I, I thank you that they have a good relationship. And I, I thank you, Lord, that uh, Yolanda cares about her and is asking for prayer for her. Lord, thank you that you have been faithful to Mary in the past, Lord, to heal her of cancer and to take away that cancer that she's in remission. But Lord, we also pray for this lung cancer that she's struggling with right now. Lord, we pray that, um, Lord, you would you would remove it. We ask that you'd heal her, Lord, and we pray that you give her the strength to undergo the treatments that she needs to go through. Lord, to give her faith and confidence as she goes through this. I pray you'd quell her anxieties and fears. And Lord, that she would trust that even this has come into her life because it has passed through your hand. That in some way you have allowed this for a purpose and a reason. Lord, I pray that her hope would go beyond just temporal healing here and now in this life. Lord, I pray that her hope would extend to the eternal life that awaits her because of Jesus. And I pray that in Jesus' name. Amen. 
God bless you. Thank you for calling in. You'll yeah, later. thank you. I appreciate it. Thank you. God bless. Okay. Bye. Bye-bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Katie from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We have all open lines right now, so it's a perfect time to call in. The number is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. Or you could text us at 720-336-0897. Once again, the text line is 720-336-0897. Just want to invite you, if you are in the Longmont area or in the surrounding communities, maybe you're in Lyons or Berthoud or Mead or Frederick, Firestone, Decono area, the Tritown, Carbon Valley area, or you're in Erie or Lafayette, North Boulder, Niwa, we would love for you to come and visit us and worship with us on a Sunday morning at the Church I Pastor, which is Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. Find us online at whitefieldschurch.com. That's whitefieldschurch.com. Dot com. You can find directions and other good things on there. Hey, in addition to some of the things I've told you about so far going on in our church, like our school of ministry that's going on starting this evening, um, I want to tell you that we are praying for a building right now. We have been uh, working on this for a while, and I want to encourage you guys out there. I would just ask that you would pray for us. Right now, we've um, we've done some fundraising, and we have now a good down payment but right now the market in Longmont is such that um, we've had a really hard time finding a building that will fit our church because we do need a fair amount of space. And so would you pray for us that, that something would open up and that we would just, that God would open something up or lead us to the right place? I would really appreciate that, and uh, I know our church would. So we meet in a great location right downtown. It's very central, like a perfect location, but we do believe that the next step for us is to stop uh, paying rent and have our own facility where we can um, use that facility throughout the week and um, be set up in there. Right now we have offices and a school of ministry building that we have throughout the week, but we'd like to uh, move into our own space. And so uh, we we feel like we're in a great place. Uh, God's blessed us financially in the sense of like we're in a good spot to move into something. Um, but we need something to open up. So you can pray for us in that. And uh, and check us out online if you'd like to visit us or find more information. If you'd like to listen to that past series we just did called I Could Never Believe in a God Who, uh, nine messages on some really relevant issues. You know, can we trust the Bible? Uh, we talked about sexuality, including homosexuality this past Sunday. Uh, we talked about why God doesn't answer prayer things like that, that people say, you know, these are the things that are the biggest hang-ups for me when it comes to Christianity. Um, love for you to check out that series. It's on our website. The website is whitefieldschurch.com. It's whitefieldschurch.com. You can also hear me every weekday here on uh, Grace FM. I'm on every weekday at 2.30 p.m. and Sundays at 10 a.m. So if for some reason you're not uh, in church on Sunday at 10 a.m., you can tune into Grace FM and hear our show on there. Let's go to Michelle in Maryland. Hi, Michelle. Welcome to the program. Hello, uh, Nikkei, Pastor Nikkei. How you doing? Doing great. What's up? <laughs> yeah. Um, I have two biblical questions out of the Bible. Great. Okay. Uh, the scripture is in Exodus chapter 2, verse 25, the verses 25. It says, And God looked upon the children of Israel, and God had respect unto them. And then Exodus chapter 3, verse 9, Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel is come 
unto me, and I have also seen the oppression wherewith the Egyptians oppressed them. Um, I'm just calling to ask about this scripture because I'm having a difficult time with my neighbors. Uh, is marijuana smelling always coming to my house uh, from next door? And I, I know that God, I need God's sovereign provision for me not to, you know, get involved with people like that and to keep me away from drug addiction. And then um, I just really want to know about the scripture with God meant by that because I'm having a situation where my right knee is bothering me and I need prayer because uh, I was waiting on the injection to be authorized because my knee is really bothering me. Mm-hmm. And um, But I'm just asking about the scripture because I know God is a deliverer and a healer, and I just need prayer for God's sovereign intervention for my life. Yeah. And then that I don't, you know, get involved with people like that. I think they don't really care because I told the rental office about it, but the lady was saying it's a touchy situation. I see. But I don't want to have nothing to do with that. And yeah. then I just need prayer that the doctors can authorize these injections, gel injections in my right knee because it's really important. Okay. Yeah, you know, one thing that I would tell you uh, on the topic of temptation and, and the drugs and things like that, you know, I'd want to remind you what Paul said to the Corinthians, that, you know, no temptation has come upon you except that which is common to man, but God is faithful, and he will not let you be tempted beyond your ability, but with the temptation, he will also provide the way of escapes that you will be able to endure it. Um, you know, a lot of people use that verse and say, God will never let you be tempted beyond uh, what you can handle. And that that's, it says that in that verse. But I think it's really important to get the second part of that, which is that when you are tempted, the reason you will be able to stand up under it is because God will enable you by his spirit in you to resist that temptation for his glory. And I would point you to also read Romans chapter six, which talks about that, how, you know, the old person we were apart from Jesus, uh, when we are in Christ, that person is put to death and we live a new life and we live it by the power of God uh, at work within us. And so I just want to encourage you that uh, by the power of the Spirit, you have the ability to say no to that temptation. Um, but let me pray for you that you would have wisdom and patience to know how to deal with that. It's not, uh, not a pleasant situation, it sounds like. And we'll pray for your knee as well. Heavenly Father, pray for Michelle. I thank you for uh, her heart to walk with you, her heart to trust in you. And Lord, I pray for her neighbors, Lord. And whatever it is that's causing them to seek uh solace and um, turning to drugs, Lord, we pray that um, they would have their eyes opened, Lord, that they would see you, that they would see that they don't need those drugs, or that everything they're looking for in those drugs is found in you ultimately, and the drugs will only let them down, but you won't. Lord, I pray for her that uh, you would help her to resist any temptation that that, that having these uh, neighbors next to her would cause her. Lord, I pray that you give her grace towards her neighbors and uh, just that she would sense that she is called on a mission by you to love them, even though they are different, even though they are doing something that she doesn't like. Lord, I pray that you'd give her that kind of grace towards them and strength. Lord, I pray that you would um, bless her as she lives in that place where she's at. And Lord, I pray that you would um, let the doctors approve these injections she needs for her knee. Lord, I pray for her health, but I thank you that... uh, She's able to use this time that she has um, 
to focus on you and your word. Lord, we believe that you use even bad things for good because you're a redeemer, God. And so we ask that you'd redeem even this situation for her good and for your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor McCain. God bless you, too. Thank you for praying with me. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. You're listening to Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado, taking your calls and texts on the air today. This is a show where you can call in with your questions about the Bible or anything going on in your life that you'd like prayer for. We'd love to hear from you and talk with you and pray for you, hopefully answer your questions. The number to call is 303-690-3000. That's 303-690-3000. 3000 and you can also text us at 720-336-0897 while we're waiting for uh, calls to come in let's go over to our text line and look at some of the texts that have come in during the show one person texts in and says my marriage is hanging on by a thread we are going on a month now since it was discovered that my wife is not happy Please pray for us both as we fight through this. We have a long way to go to becoming a better husband and wife. Absolutely. Let's pray for you. Heavenly Father, we pray for this dear person who's writing in, this dear uh, husband that's writing in, discovered that his wife is not happy. Lord, we pray that you would save this marriage and that it would be a testament to your power and your glory that you save this marriage. And Lord, you strengthen uh, these believers through this. It sounds like they're really in a hard spot, Lord. But I thank you for your faithfulness, Lord. I thank you that that you know what it is to be in a difficult marriage as you describe your relationship with your people as a marriage uh, in which you are constantly fighting for it. And sometimes um, they aren't and we aren't. And so, Lord, I thank you that you can empathize with this. But I pray for my brother here, Lord, that he would fight for his marriage, that he would serve his wife as Christ served the church. And um, Lord, I pray that she would uh, that that his love towards her and his actions of love and faithfulness towards her, Lord, you'd use them in her life kind of like, um, you know, s- the sun and the cold, Lord, how you, you can even crack a rock, a stone, a boulder uh, with that combination of warmth and uh, and and uh that even the ice can crack through a rock. So, Lord, I pray that you would bless him and that you would do something good uh, in their life, Lord, that you would save their marriage. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for that, and we'll be looking forward. I'd love to hear an update uh, from you, whoever you are who texted this in. We'd love to hear an update and uh, when things have turned around and a testimony from you. Uh, God bless you. You're listening to Calvary Live. Let's go to our next caller, Ryan in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Ryan. Welcome to the program. Hey, thank you for having me. Um, I just had a question, maybe two if I had time for it, but the be you know, Revelation, the golden bowls full yes. of uh, incense that says are uh, the prayers of the saints. Uh-huh. Are those kind of like all the prayers for all of mankind for all time? Uh, like if I were to pray right now, do they kind of go into the bowl, golden bowl of incense and get uh, evaluated later at, at the current time? and because um, I know most of Revelation is future events after chapter 4. So I was just wondering what your thoughts were on that verse. And, uh, and I didn't yeah. have the verse off the top of my head where it was found. But Sure, yeah. When I first saw, um, you know, I they kind of send me a little preview of what you're going to ask. And I, I assumed that you were talking about the bowls of wrath, you know, that he pours out 
later on. Um, but yeah, curious about the bowl of incense. Yeah, the prayers of the saints. Yeah, yeah. it says in Hebrews as well, you know, it says, let us offer up um, the sacrifice of our lips, you know, that is pleasing to God. And, and what that's describing is in the Old Testament, uh, in the temple, right, they would have these bowls of incense that they would light, and it was a sweet-smelling aroma. Now, you can imagine, I think this is something that I often overlooked until somebody pointed out to me recently, well, not so recently, but not so long ago either. And that was just this, that, you know, think about the temple. I mean, they're slaughtering animals in this in this temple court all day long, and they're burning things, right? So there's all this smoke and blood and dried blood and you know, I mean, it's it's uh, there's a lot of gross things taking place. They're slaughtering animals, burning them, etc. Uh, there would have been a lot of smells, right? And um, and in the midst of that, God says, "Yeah, but I want there to also be some incense. Like I want it to smell nice. The incense would have covered up some of that smell, but it also would have just been this this pleasing smell in the midst of all of this um, this blood and and slaughtering and fire, and so we see that." as with many things in the Old Testament, they are pointing to, right? Colossians tells us this very very thing, as does Hebrews, that these things are shadows of what is to come, but the substance is found in Christ. And so whenever we look at the Old Testament uh, sacrificial system, we understand that each aspect uh, was a picture of heaven, but also a picture that would be fulfilled in Jesus. So not only is he the sacrificial lamb, but those, those um, the incense, you know, it speaks not only of our prayers, which clearly it does, because Revelation talks about the bowl of incense, right, that represents the prayers of the saints going up to God. Um, but also, you know, Jesus as our intercessor, he is the one who prays for us before the Father, intercedes on our behalf before the Father uh, as our advocate. But I would just say this, what does it represent? Well, it represents the fact that they're, they're going up to God Right? That's a symbolic thing. It's a very sensory thing. It's something you can see with your eyes and visualize and smell. But furthermore, um, it, it tells us something about our prayers, and that is that God enjoys our prayers. He finds them pleasing. Uh, he takes delight in them. Right, In the midst of all of the uh, things that are going on in the world that grieve the heart of God, like we see in Genesis chapter 6, when God looks on the world and he sees the sin in the world, it says that he's grieved to the heart. Uh, in you know, as opposed to that, we see that there is this pleasing aroma of the prayers of his people that God delights in, and I think that's a really important aspect of it. So they're like kind of all stored up. I mean, for the prayers of all time. Yeah. Well, you know, the question yeah. is: is that symbolic, or is there an actual bowl of prayers? Uh, I would say that it's symbol it's symbolic, but it does uh-huh. mean this that just as our tears right it says that God stores our tears in a bottle and he remembers them that the point of saying that is to use very vivid language to say God remembers our tears he he knows every single tear that falls from our eyes he hears and this would be the other side he hears every single okay. prayer he's pleased with it and he takes note of it okay thank you yeah God bless you Ryan thanks for calling in yeah, and then I didn't know if you had more calls, but it was another question, but okay. I can call back. No, go for it. What's up? Well, you, I had read your blog on uh, translations yeah. and with the King James and that type of thing, and the King James comes from e, uh, Erasmus's Texas Receptus, I believe. Yes. 
and I was wondering where he got his Texas receptus from. Where I mean, what like is it just composed of a, of a bunch of different manuscripts um, that that he found that were uh, uh, available at the time? I know they became the majority manuscripts. Yeah. So what uh, later when more found? What was happening? Just speak on where the Texas receptus is, the origins of it. Yeah. So a big part of it was, um, you know, around around a thousand A.D. There's a guy named Thomas Aquinas. You might have heard of him. And uh, Thomas Aquinas, you know, was a big deal because what he did is that at that time, they had also discovered the libraries in Alexandria. And they had discovered copies of the works of Aristotle, but not just the works of Aristotle. They had discovered old copies of manuscripts from the Bible. The other thing was that um, at this time, I mean, it was the burgeoning of what we now think of as archaeology. One of the things I always want people to remember when they think about biblical archaeology is that this is a fairly recent uh, science in a way, right? And like, so I just read on the news today, they found another biblical city, the city of Ziklag, which is 3,000 years old. It's a place where David hid amongst the Philistines when King Saul was trying yeah. to kill him. So again, this is happening all the time. I, I was in Israel earlier this year and we were in uh, Capernaum and right next to Capernaum, they were, dis they were uncovering like a whole new layer of, of a city, even older than that, like the city below the city. Um, I'm sorry, that was in Chorazim. But the point is that like, archaeology is happening at such, there's so much to uncover in Israel that as time goes on, they're uncovering more and more. But all that to say that 500 years ago when Erasmus, you know, put together these, these documents, they were, um, you know, that, that was a lot of work that he had to do. And it wasn't just him, but it was like the burgeoning of archaeology and like, Hey, you know, you might know that the, you know, the calling of the, or the slogan of the Renaissance. Now Erasmus was kind of like right before the Renaissance, but the slogan of the Renaissance was ad fontes, which means back to the original sources, back to the fountain, back to the original sources. And so that's what Erasmus was doing with the Bible. He was saying, hey, we need to get back to the original sources because at that time all they had was the Latin Vulgate. And so he did a lot of work going to the East, you know, to the Middle East uh, and trying to find the oldest documents he could find. And so, um, again, since the last 500 years, because archaeology is a very young science, we've found older documents and uh, also very reliable ones. So that's... So where did he get them from? Um, he got them through the, you know, burgeoning practice of archaeology, trying to find, you know, reaching out to churches in the East and in Egypt and trying to find whatever documents they had. Okay. Well, you're very knowledgeable, and I, I try to catch you every Monday. So awesome. thanks for your blog as well, nickkady.org. I'll tell the uh, you know, listeners. Awesome. Hey, thanks, Ryan. I really appreciate that. Okay. Okay, God bye -bye bless now. you. All right, bye-bye. This is Calvary Live. This is Pastor Nick Cady from Whitefields Community Church in Longmont, Colorado. We have another caller, Julian in Denver, Colorado. Hi, Julian. Welcome to the program. Hey, Pastor. How you doing? Doing great. Okay. I'm a, a question about, uh, I've been reading the book of Revelations, and uh, it's kind of hard for me to interpret it, but I was going to ask if or when we know the tribulation is actually started because i mean i've been hearing a lot of different things and yeah so 
it really takes um it really depends on your view of the yeah. the bible and how the, how revelation should be interpreted and i'll just give you a few uh options on this right so i'll give you three that i think are the the three main ones okay so you have what's called a futurist perspective on revelation you have what's called a preterist perspective on revelation and you have what's called an idealist um view of revelation uh, someone would ask me what is my view on revelation well it it would be a combination of idealist and futurist but primarily futurist but also idealist and i'll, I'll explain what i mean um, a preterist view is the one that says that all the things that are talked about in revelation are referring to things which have already taken place they took place um in the first century like when Rome came in and destroyed uh, Jerusalem. Now, here's the reason why I don't agree with that is because I think that in order for that to work, you have to have a very early date for the writing of Revelation. And I think that that just doesn't hold up historically. Uh, I would say that when it comes to like Matthew 24 and 25, which is another uh, text, which is interesting, uh, sometimes talked about in regard to tribulation. I think that that refers more to things which actually did happen in um, Matthew 24 and 25. Although I'm not a complete preterist in that sense, I think that some of the things mentioned there uh, are things which actually took place um, because they're spoken of uh, to Jewish people about things that are going to happen in Jerusalem. But when it comes to Revelation, I think that's a different uh animal. So I'm a futurist, meaning I believe these things will happen in the future. Now, amongst futurists, there are people who um, who differ in how they view the tribulation in this way. Will Christians go through the tribulation or will Christians be taken out of the world prior to the tribulation? And my view on that is that I do believe that Christians will be taken out of the world prior to the tribulation. In which case, to answer your question, how do we know if the things going on today are the things that are supposed to be happening during the tribulation? In other words, are we in the tribulation right now? My answer would be no. no. And that's because I believe that we won't be here for the tribulation. But um, I would also say this. Some people think that um, they're, they're, they look at the world and they say, hey, the world is going to get really bad before Jesus comes back. I would say, well, yeah, maybe, but if we're talking about the tribulation and you read the Bible, it actually says that the world's going to get better before it gets worse. And so if you want to look for signs of the times, you should probably be looking for uh, peace rather than, you know what I mean? Like what, what is the greatest sign that the tribulation is beginning? Well, if the first three and a half years of the tribulation are a time of unprecedented peace, then that's what you should have your radar up for. Not not looking for like, wow, the you know, the the world is is getting really, really bad, therefore the tribulation must be at hand. I would say just the opposite. You should be expecting that if the tribulation is at hand, you should be expecting things you should be expecting to see peace rather than uh wars and rumors of wars. Yeah, Again that well, thank yeah, you. So thank I, you. I hope that answers your question. Thank you, Pastor Um. Another quick question, if I can. We've got two minutes. Okay, I'm, I'm reading this book about Constantinople and all the, the Romans when they're Christians. I just wanted to get your thoughts on that. Well, I'm not, not sure what um, book you're reading or what 
what its ta- what its take on that is. I mean, certainly there were a lot of Christians in Rome and in yeah. Constantinople. Or Constantine and Justinian and Balisarius and all them guys. It's a pretty good book, though. I just what's the title? A ghost Empire. Okay, but yeah, I mean, I I think that there are a lot of takes on on you know Constantine and that. Yeah. Uh, so just you know, make sure it, yeah. make sure it's biblical and along the right lines. But yeah, yeah glad definitely. you're glad you're reading. Yeah, yeah I, just, you, I just had no idea about any of that, and so it just it was crazy to hear about what. That's great. Good, good stuff. Yeah. Cool. Hey, I'll tell you <laughs> what. You, if Pastor. you if you or anyone else is looking for a good book on church history. Here's, I'll tell you what my favorite one is. This is the one that we use for our school of ministry here at Whitefields. We, we use a book called From Jerusalem to Irian Jaya. Irian Jaya, by the way, is two words. It's a, a name for you know part of Indonesia, I believe. But Irian Jaya, so it's called From Jerusalem to Irian Jaya. It's by Ruth Tucker. And it's an excellent book and a fun read. And it really gives you a great view of church history. Um, so anybody looking for a church history book, that's the one I recommend. Uh, thank you, Pastor. I'm going to definitely get that. Awesome. God bless you, Julian. Take care. You too. All right. Bye-bye. We've come up on our last minute of Calvary Live. Thank you for all your calls and texts today. It was a pleasure uh, talking with you and praying for you. Um, we had one question. Let me see if I can answer this. What are my thoughts on Christian hedonism as described by John Piper? I think he's using the word hedonism in a way uh, that is meant to surprise and get people's attention. But I do think that his point is very good. I I think it's an excellent point. And I feel like it's the point that God gave him to preach on, which is enjoy Jesus, that you bring God glory when you find pleasure in in worshiping him. So thank you for that question. And God bless you. Uh, You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in every weekday, 4 to 5 p.m. My name is Pastor Nick Cady, and I'll be with you again next Monday. God bless you. You've been listening to Calvary Live. Tune in next time for prayer and God's word.